Oh, sorry, I just had to, since I saw both of you guys here, I wanted to say that. Welcome to a brand new series here at The Eight called Uncertainty Ahead. And what kind of inspired, I, I know, don't judge me, but what inspired this series is something that I said last week that inspired me. <laughs> I said how, like I saw, I saw, I talked about a blog that I read about saying, um, like we keep on saying these are times of uncertainty. These are times of uncertainty with the economy and COVID and these are times of uncertainty. And I, 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 I don't like that phrase that much because what are we saying when we say these are times of uncertainty? That we're saying that last year was times of certainty. That every, like if it's outside of COVID, these are certain times. That everything is in my control. But when I say these are times of uncertainty, like all times are, are, are times of uncertainty because very little is in our control. Like we know as followers of Jesus that what's guaranteed are tons of variables in our life. But what is a constant is how we approach the hardships that will exist. So uncertainty ahead, I think all times are times of uncertainty. But over the next four Sundays, we're going to be looking at four principles for us to get through this season of uncertainty and all seasons of certainty or uncertainty. So these are going to just be four random principles. But I want to first start with our first principle with a saying that you and I hear uh, a lot. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I have nothing against like this. So don't, don't feel like I'm like bashing people who say thank goodness. I probably say it with just, just in, I, there's nothing wrong with saying thank goodness. But it does make you pause and think. Like for us to say thank goodness as opposed to thank God. Goodness is a very relative word. It's all relative. What you might define as good is very different than what's good, than what's good to me. So it's very relative. So for us to say, thank goodness, is that, is that a deity? Is goodness a being? Is goodness a, is, what is that? So even, I don't even know those who, who major in English and know English better than me, like, it, it kind of sounds wrong. Like, it feels off for to say, thank goodness. But anyway, one thing that we can all agree on is gratitude is a universal experience. Gratitude is a universal experience. Regardless of your worldview, Everyone can appreciate, you know, being, being a grateful or someone appreciating them. It's a universal experience, regardless of culture, that we all admire for someone to show appreciation. And we, and we like that in any type of uh, culture for us to show appreciation. It is a universal experience. But sometimes it is not that intuitive. Sometimes to show appreciation is not that intuitive or natural for us to show appreciation. And when there is no appreciation being shared in a relationship or a bond, there is a gap in the relationship. Sorry, I had to. I couldn't just write down the word gap. There is a gap in the relationship. When it, there is no expression of gratitude or appreciation, there, naturally, there happens to be a gap in the, in the relationship. Let me give you one silly example. If, let's say it's my daughter's birthday, and, you know, somebody gives her a gift, and then I say, okay, Ruthie, you know, Lucy gave you a gift. What do you say? Right? right? Okay, Ruthie, say it. 
she has to say thank you right there to close the loop, to show appreciation, to show gratitude. But if she doesn't, and she snatches that gift and says, okay, next gift, where's the next gift, daddy? Then there's something missing, right? You see every parent say that, okay, buddy, remember, what do you say? She did this for you, he did this for you. Parents, we do this all the time with our kids. We want to close the loop. It's something that has to happen immediate, and not just say you'll say thank you later, or just because you feel it in your heart, you feel grateful. It has to be expressed. It has to be expressed. Not expressing it, Communicate something else. Go along with my silly example. If Ruth decides not to say thank you, what is she expressing? For her not to say it, she's saying, yeah, well, I expected that. I fed you, so you better give me my gift. For her not to say thank you, she's expressing something else. For her not saying thank you, something else is already being communicated, but not verbally. When I don't say thank you, I'm giving off a... a, 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 a I'm giving off something saying, like, well, you owe me that. Or that's expected for you to do that. If I don't say thank you to my wife for, for whatever, I'm basically saying, well, you're supposed to do that. You're my wife. I'm communicating something completely different. Sometimes we do communicate some form of appreciation, but it comes off wrong. Sometimes we end up saying, well, thank you, but you, you chose the wrong one. Or you picked up the wrong one. Sometimes we communicate thank you, but always attach something else that kind of ruins the spirit of gratitude. Guys, sometimes it's hard for us to show appreciation. And then when somebody says, well, you never say thank you, what do we end up doing? We say, well, sorry for not continuously thanking you because you're always in constant need of approval or appreciation. We even sometimes make it worse. I'm not just calling out the guys, but I'm just speaking from personal experience. Sometimes instead of us saying thank you, we say thank you and then add things that make the relationship even, we're not improving it by adding that comment. Well, you want me to say thank you? You're always in need of constant reassurance or affirmation. The whole idea of gratitude or appreciation in any type of relationship, the recipient is always aware. Let's say, you never say thank you to me. If I told Sarah, you never say, I'm, I'm, I'm always aware that there's lack of appreciation. The culprit is rarely aware. We go along in my marriage. If I'm maybe aware that I'm not appreciated. But Sarah would say, yeah, I'm appreciative. Just, do I need to say it all the time? She's hardly aware, but maybe I'm aware of it. I'll share, uh, maybe this was the first year or two of our marriage. I'm not kidding when I say this. This is one of our biggest fights in marriage so far. Like, it's been 10 years. This is one of our biggest fights that I'm about to share. I, I, I think she was in school. I can't remember the details. I think she was in school. Yeah, she was in school, and I was, like, I, I was the, like, I, I'll take care of all six feet of our, our apartment in D.C. Like, I, I can manage that. I'll do the groceries. I'll do that kind of stuff to help out. So I went to Costco, you know, and I, and I, 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 I got, you know, groceries. And, like, I, we started eating, like, more organic and, and more healthy stuff. So I picked up a, a, a big fish, a big piece of fish from Costco. Everything's big, I guess, in Costco. But anyway, I, pick, I picked up a fish, and it said, fresh farmed fish. I said, perfect, fresh. That sounds pretty organic. Let me get the fish. So I, 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 I purchased the fish. I got her permission, by the way, to share this, so you don't have to, like. So 
So I, I, I got the fish, I came home, so like, of course, you can never go to Costco just spending $20. So I ended up just getting all this stuff for, for the apartment. I feel, like, I feel like I'm husband of the year. Uh, look at me, like, you know, I'm supporting my wife, I'm like cooking dinner, I'm getting it, I'm cleaning, you know, all, all one bedroom of our apartment, like, I, I, I got it all, I'm doing great. She comes home, I, I promise you, I'll never forget, she walks through the door, she always likes to check to see what I got, so she opens the freezer, and she sees the fresh farmed fish. Her first things that come out of her mouth, you need to return this. I'm like, what? It says fresh farmed. And she gave me like a whole like uh, lecture about like there's fresh farmed and like fre uh, wild caught, right? For fresh farmed wild caught. Yeah, well, well, so there's fresh farmed wild caught. She told me how uh, this is not good and mercury this and whatever, we need to return it, whatever else kind of stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't even know what the receipt is. Like, you don't show any appreciation. I went out of my way. I got the fish. And now you tell me I have to return this $30, like 10 pound fish thing that's like good for like a month now. And I got to return it. And what I ended up having to do, just because out of my pride, I didn't want to return it. There was other guys that we knew in, in, in our hallway, in our apartment building. I ended up just giving it to them, just because I, I, it was like a big fight. It sounds silly now when I think about it, that we had this huge fight about fish. But it was this major thing, because I did not feel appreciated at all. Don't judge me. Don't judge my wife. Don't worry. I'm going to share more stories either. I'm not painting a picture on her, but I'm saying I just remember that feeling. If I asked you, if, if, or if, if, let me, if I told you, you know what, you're never appreciative. If I told you, you never appreciate anything. What is your natural response? No, I am appreciative. I am thankful. You start thinking of all those other times that you felt grateful, or maybe you expressed it, but you felt it in your heart. If you naturally get defensive. I would get defensive. Someone would tell me, you know, Father Nathan, you never appreciate. And I would say, actually, no, I am grateful. That, that's my natural reflex to it if someone tells me that I am not appreciative. Unexpressed gratitude is communicating ingratitude. Going back to my story, if Sarah, like Sarah was appreciative of what I did, but unexpressing it, unexpressed gratitude, she's communicating ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is communicating ingratitude. Expressed gratitude grows any relationship. Expressed gratitude not something that's in your heart, you're thankful in your heart. I'm not talking about that. Expressed verbal gratitude grows a vertical relationship, and it also grows a horizontal relationship. In the Christian ethic worldview, what is clear in Christianity, that there is a, a, a constant connection between a vertical relationship and a horizontal relationship. One cannot exist without the other. I cannot say I'm only investing in between me and God and screw all those other people. That, does not, that, that goes against a Christian ethic worldview. And the same thing goes, I cannot express goodness or love and come with my own version and definitions of these, of these words without looking at the founder and provider of, 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 of life himself. So both have to go together. So express gratitude grows any relationship, horizontal and vertical relationships. Now what I want to share is a passage that a first century physician by the name of St. Luke, he, he recorded, after doing comprehensive research, he recorded this unique encounter that Jesus had with 10 men, which uh, this is where we are in Luke chapter 17. This is where we, this, this is where we pick up. Now on Jesus' way, on, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. 
Again, he's a, uh, he's a physician wanting to provide immense amount of details for us to, to, to know the, the historical facts of what he's presenting. So this is where Jesus is walking. As Jesus was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. Maybe that doesn't stir any type of emotion within us because maybe we don't know what leprosy is. And it, we, but if, for someone to have leprosy back then, it was uh, like viewed as someone being very contagious and they would have to quarantine themselves and be very social distance from everybody else. I'm, I'm, that's literally what that was the case for those who had leprosy. So ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, having six feet apart, probably more from Jesus, and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. So the cultural context is that if someone was cured from leprosy, they would need to show themselves to the local priest in order for them to have the green light for them to come back into society. That's just, that's the, 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 the cultural context of why Jesus said this. So Jesus responds to them, go, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Talk about a leap of faith that these 10 guys said, okay, fine, we'll go without really knowing them that they were being cured on their way to the priest. And there's nice meditations on why. Why did Jesus behave in this way to cure them? And one, one meditation, which I love from ancient Christianity, they were saying, Jesus is wanting these 10 men to be healed before they get to the priest. Because for the priest to see them healed, 10 men to come, that by itself will spark something within the priest for them to, to be interested in who Jesus is. It's giving evidence of this supernatural event or miracle that has occurred. One of them, one out of the ten, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. One out of the ten expressed gratitude and came to Jesus' feet to show appreciation. If I, if I asked the other nine, Hey, guys, aren't you so grateful for what Jesus did? What would the response be? Oh, totally. He's the best. He's the best. Oh, we're so thankful. Thank you, Jesus. He's the best. One of them came back, went out of his way, and intentionally went to thank Jesus verbally and in action. And I love how, what St. Luke adds. So, so St. Luke records this event, and then he adds this. This man who came, the one out of the ten who was healed and came back to thank Jesus, was a Samaritan. Culturally, a Samaritan is someone who is, is an outsider, an outcast of society. Somebody who maybe cannot embrace the reality of who Jesus is. He has no, and, and it's, here is this man who is an outcast his entire life, went out of his way to thank Jesus. This man, one out of ten, who was a Samaritan, paused to put life into perspective. He could have easily went ahead and, and started living life, going to go see his wife and his kids, and, just, and said, I'm so thankful in my heart. No, but he went out of his way to go back to Jesus and to thank him. Jesus asked when that one man came back, were not all, all, all ten of you guys cleansed? Where are the other nine? Actually, if you, if you look at the original language of how Jesus said this, it's not where, it's not the first word. He's saying, the other nine, wh where are they? 
Has no one returned to praise God except this Samaritan, except this foreigner? Where, where's the, where's the, the rest of your friends? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith, your trust, your leap into the unknown of me telling you to go say the priest and for you to come back and close the loop and show appreciation, your faith in action, this has made you whole. This is what has made you well. The other nine, yes, are you grateful? Yeah, totally. We're so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. You're the best. But only one came back. My question to me and to you, who do you need to give thanks to? Who do you need to express thanks to? Guys, I'm not like, I, I'm just calling out the guys because I'm a guy, so it's easier for me to do this. We might brag or say something nice about our wife in front of people, and she might be there, and we say nice things publicly. But in private, do we say something to our, to our, to our wives? Do we show appreciation? Do you know why it's so hard for so many of us, including me? It makes us feel weak. To show appreciation? Hey, I, you know, I, I know you do this day in and day out, or week in and week out, but thank you. It makes us feel weak if we're honest with ourselves, if I'm honest with myself. But do we express it? Public is one thing, but do we do it in a sincere, intimate, authentic way? Or we just take it for granted. Nobody here likes an ungrateful person. Nobody here likes an ungrateful person, right? You, you don't like someone who's selfish or never shows appreciation. But ingratitude can be a seed. Unexpressed gratitude, someone who does not express it, and, and, and just maybe they're thankful in their heart. You ask them, are you thankful? Yeah, yeah, I'm thankful. But those who never express it, that can be a toxic seed that can grow and lead to arrogance. Ingratitude is married to arrogance. Ingratitude is married to arrogance. Nobody here likes a cocky, arrogant person. But somebody doesn't wake up and become arrogant. But how, how can we prevent arrogance or pride from building up within us? Is expressing gratitude in a genuine, sincere way as this, as this Samaritan woman, as Samaritan man did. Regardless if you have heard this ancient prayer 10,000 times, regardless if you pray this daily, regardless if you've heard this before, I want you to pause with a clear mind. And I want us now to look at a first century prayer, which is unique to the Coptic Orthodox Church and an integral part to every liturgical service, communal worship and in personal worship. Why every prayer begins for the church to invite us to have this healthy psychological perspective as we abide in God and prayer. Regardless if you've heard this 10,000 times before or not, I want us now to look at it through just a, 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 a clean mind, a clean heart as we approach these first century prayers, this first century prayer. Let us give thanks. Let us give thanks to the beneficent and merciful God who benefits us, not our own version of what's beneficial to me, but his definition. Let us give thanks, communal, this is plural, let us give thanks to the beneficent and merciful God. Who is God, who is this ethereal being? Oh, he's Father, he's Father of our Lord. He is God, he is Savior, 
He is a person, Jesus Christ, for he has covered us. He has helped us. He has guarded us. Sometimes we say these words and kind of just go through it. Have you ever experienced being covered? We've been there. We've maybe we've done a, a poor decision. Uh, a, a, we've, we've made a sin. And we know that if this sin was exposed or unfolded, it could be toxic to my life and, and cause irreversible damage. But have you ever experienced through a sin that we might have done that it was actually covered and we didn't have to deal with the full consequence of, of, of that decision, of that poor decision? We have been covered. We have been covered, except you, you, have, you have covered us, you have helped us, you have guarded us. You have accepted me to yourself. You are accepted regardless of your past and of who you are. Because of whose you are, you are accepted. You have accepted us to yourself. You have spared us. You have supported us and have brought us to this hour. The church is inviting us to be present at the moment. Right? Maybe we hear different words in the, in, in, in the psychological world, be mindful and be present. Yeah, th th this is rooted in first century Christianity. You have brought us to this hour. Let us also ask him, the Lord our God, the Almighty, Pantocrator meaning Almighty, to guard us in all peace. Peace is for us to be made whole. Like when we say the word peace, yeah, peace sounds very nice, but <clears throat> shalom in the Hebrew is for us to be made whole. Guard, to guard us and for us to be whole. This holy day and all the days of our life, regardless of, of God how much days we have in this temporal world, we want to be made whole. We want to be in your peace. Are we at the next slide? No. O Master Lord, O Master Lord, God, the Pantocrator, the Father of our Lord, God and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for, for everything anything concerning everything and in everything. What on earth is all that saying? Saying, Lord, we, our optics says, I have every right not to be appreciative of this pain, of this issue, of this problem. I have every right not to be thankful for it. But the church is pushing us, saying, okay, my optics say it this way, but my heavenly Father who has accepted me is working this for my edification, for my healing, for me to be made whole. And for this I thank him. Even, I don't see it. I don't see it. And I don't get it. But you know what? That's not my role. That's not my job. That's his role. And I thank him for every condition, concerning every condition, and in everything. Regardless if I have the same optics as him. And I don't. I know I don't. I know I'm temporal. He's eternal. He's my father. His optics are different than mine. We thank you for everything, concerning everything and in everything. For you have covered us, you have helped us, you have guarded us, you have accepted us to yourself, you have spared us, and have brought us to this hour. Now the church invites us to pray, for, to ask for something. Therefore, therefore we ask and entreat your goodness. O lover of all of humanity, grant us to complete this holy day and all the days of our life in all peace with your fear, not fear like, oh, I'm scared of you, fear and reverence for me to know I'm here and he's here. Regardless of how many days you have, you're going to give me as my mission in this temporal world, I want, to be made, I want it to be in your peace. I want it to be for me to be made whole and for me to have this reverence in your fear, for me to know where I am and where you are. I lost my spot. Therefore, we ask and entreat your goodness, O lover of mankind. Grant us complete this holy day and all the days of our life and all peace with your fear. 
all jealousy, all envy, all temptation, all the work of darkness, the counsel of those who are trying to pull me down, the rising up of enemies, those maybe I can see and maybe those I cannot see, take them away from us and from all your people. And from this, your holy place, which is yours, because everything I have is yours. So where I am is yours. Who I am, I belong to you. But those things which are edifying, which are good, which are profitable, do provide for us. Maybe what I think is profitable, maybe what I think is not, maybe it is. But do provide me what is good and profitable for me. For it is you. So now we're throwing words back to Jesus. What Jesus told us, we throw this back to him. For it is you who have given us the authority. You are the one who empowered us to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. These are the words we throw back. Jesus empowered his 72 apostles and says, I'm giving you the authority to tread on darkness. I'm empowering you with this, with this, with this armor, with this weapon. And we throw those words back to, to you saying, Lord, you are the one who has given us these authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the, of the enemy. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one by the grace, the compassion, and the love of mankind, of your only begotten Son, our Lord, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, through whom the glory, the honor, dominion, and my adoration for you are due unto you, I adore you, with him and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the giver of life, who is, all three persons are of one essence. So the, the God the Father and God the Holy Spirit are one essence with you, Jesus. Now and at all times and unto this age and to all ages. I want us now to stand and to pray this with a new view of gratitude and appreciation, of expressed gratitude. And my prayer is that we can pray this, for this to be a reality, not just a prayer that we just pray in our head, but a prayer in our heart. Let's stand up and pray. Let us give thanks to the beneficent and merciful God, the Father of our Lord, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ. For he has covered us, helped us, guarded us, accepted us to himself, spared us, supported us, and have brought us to this hour. Let us also ask him, the Lord our God, the Pantocrator, to guard us in all peace this holy day and all the days of our life. O Master Lord, God, the Pantocrator, the Father of our Lord, God and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for everything, concerning everything, and in everything, for you have covered us, helped us, guarded us, accepted us to yourself, spared us, supported us, and brought us to this hour. Therefore, we ask and entreat your goodness, O lover of mankind, grant us to complete this holy day and all the days of our life and all peace with your fear. All envy, all temptation, all the work of Satan, the counsel of wicked men, and the rising up of enemies, hidden and manifest. Take them away from us and from all your people, and from this holy place that is yours. But those things which are good and profitable do provide for us. 
For it is you who have given us the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and upon all the power of the enemy. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. By the grace, compassion, and love of mankind, of your only begotten Son, our Lord, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ, through whom the glory, the honor, the dominion, and the adoration are due unto you, with him and the Holy Spirit, the life giver, who is of one essence with you, now and at all times, and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we get appreciation. But there's something in all our hearts that might make it difficult for us to express that in a genuine, authentic way. We don't want Thanksgiving to just be a holiday or just something we say, just we need to say thank you to avoid any issues. But for us to have a heart of Thanksgiving, that the way that we give thanks is not based on our optics of things, but, the, but on your optics, on your perspective, because you are the one who has our entire life in your hands. We thank you for everything, concerning everything, and in everything, because you have accepted us. You love us. You cover us. Lord, I pray whatever that, 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 that boundary or that barrier or that wall that's blocking us from to express appreciation, Lord, I pray that we can take that step for us to view what is that thing preventing us from showing appreciation and for us to, to move past that and for us to be intentional and descriptive in the way we show gratitude, not only to you, but to those around us. Because we know that, that living a life of gratitude is where we can find you. Through the prayers of all your saints, Lord, hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, part two next Sunday.